Hello one and all and welcome to the Backhanders, bringing you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. Here at the Backhanders, we cover each tennis slam, and as you would well know, we are unafraid to slam that very tennis. For this French Open update edition, I am your host, Lightning, and with me a man who loves to take the wee-wee. Catters, catters, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Lightning. I must say you find me with my... Nipples erect like the stiff peaks on a baked meringue. And it's not because of the tennis I'm watching, Lightning. It's because it is freaking freezing in Europe at the moment. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but I've got my big, thick winter sweater on. It's not a Cosby sweater. I made that mistake, Lightning, the other day at the playground. It's it's apparently un-PC to call it that these days. But I am freezing, Lightning, because if nobody's noticed, it's almost freaking winter in the Northern Hemisphere. And so the French Open usually are rigorous preview lightning. We are pretty meticulous, if I do say so myself, (laughs) about the way that we prep our listeners for these tournaments. But we overlooked one massive, massive element. And that is the fact that God, Buddha, Muhammad, Kanye, whatever deity you worship... Actually hates this tournament more than we do. Lightning. It's almost impossible to fathom. It takes it takes faith. Lightning, and for that I will refer to my my side podcast, Eat, Sleep, Pray, Tweet, in which I undertake a dialogue with Nick Kyrgios and Boris Becker about the most important things in life. It'll hopefully give you a lot of perspective. But Lightning, the problem is that the weather has been (laughs) rubbish. Mm. We're used to seeing the French in all its ugliness and arrogant glory baking under the Parisian sun. But at the moment, Mm. it looks like one big frozen turd. It basically, from a distance, (laughs) looks like that grade one art project I threw together lowered into the kiln and brought home to my parents to test out what unconditional love looks like when they gratefully (laughs) accepted that gift. And that's what Roland Garros looks like. And it is just been battered by enormous amounts of rain, Mm. sub 10 degree temperatures and sonic booms. There was a sonic boom the other day. There was, there was. And of course, I was surprised to see Serena Williams go out, but to storm out like that out of the tournament for me was just one step too far. Well, I mean, it felt like everything was going wrong, Lightning. And when that happens, it comes down to character. I've always said this. I've always Mm. said, Mm. you know, it's character that will get you through a tennis tournament. And the problem is these players don't have character. They have been raised with kid gloves from the moment they were six years old. They've been told that they were awesome. They've been told that they are the best. They have been told to train for the next 12 hours or else they won't get dinner. And I'm for all of those positive reinforcements, Lightning. But the problem is that when they suddenly face adversity, 
it's game over. Or I'm sorry, are you having to go back to Bush League and pick up your own balls and wear a pair of ice skates to get around the baseline? I'm sorry, is that inconveniencing you? Are you having to wear a third jacket? I'm sorry, are you drowning by the net there? No, I don't care. Get out and play tennis. Nobody's enjoying this. Nobody's enjoying this. I mean, they offered tickets to a thousand people. I'm surprised if they found a thousand Frenchman that A, didn't have COVID and B, wanted to watch some sort of unofficial Winter Olympic sailing tournament on the outside courts. <laughs> it is true, Cutters. I have never seen a Winter Olympic slam and to see players wearing multiple puffer jackets, to see them requiring towel warmers at the back of the court, to see some of them going to their kit bag, grabbing their spare tennis rackets and actually having to tie them to their shoes to get through the baseline. They have had to be more resourceful than they're used to being cutters. So, you know, and when Zvarev took out that fifth set in a toboggan, I thought, you know, this is this is ingenuity. But you're right, Lightning. It's testing their metal. I mean, how much do Mm. you want it? Mm. And we don't want to watch it. And we understand you don't want to play it. (laughs) But that's what sport is about. Sometimes you just got to get up and you got to tell yourself, I am paid a lot of money to pretend like I care. And (laughs) just do it. We're only asking for two weeks of your autumn. And you can go back and you can re-enter your private bubble. This is the problem, Lightning. They are used to a bubble existence. And I found something the other day. When you put holes in a bubble, it's no longer a bubble. And this is the problem, (laughs) Lightning. (laughs) And the problem is, Lightning, that when you have a half-baked bubble, you have... Some sort of, you know, I'm getting a little bit scientific here, Lightning. I know it's, it's a little bit highbrow for some of our listeners outside the Mongolian educational system. But what happens there is it creates a vacuum and that creates insecurity. So what we're seeing is we are seeing low pressure mixing with the high pressure in most of these inflated egos. And it is not <laughs> resulting well. It is causing players like Grigor Dimitrov, Lightning, who... I have tremendous respect for. He's a beautiful man, and he has had a run-in with his own trousers, and that is a problem, Mm. Lightning. He is Mm. obviously so spoiled that I don't think he's ever in a climate below 25 degrees. I think that he basically has his shorts tattooed on, which is creepy if you think about it, but he never has to wear long pants. So suddenly he's wearing Mm. long pants out there, and he tries to do the old rookie mistake of putting the pants over the shoes, gets stuck... Asked to go toss the coin, doesn't know what to do, panics like a kid leaving for kindergarten in the morning. He's just (laughs) freaking out. He's got his little lunch pail in his hand and he's calling for his dad. He got emotional. It was, you know, I didn't know whether to call out a surgeon and have them cut off him. What were we meant to do in that situation? (laughs) This is clearly a man who's only ever had other people take his pants off for him. Exactly, exactly, Lightning. And you have Victoria Azarenka, who on the very first day of play marches in after a US Open final appearance with a little bit of entitlement, sitting at the change of ends. The rain comes down. She says to the chair umpire, I'm not having this. I'm freezing. I live in Florida. Well, (laughs) thanks for the FYI. The chair umpire is probably thinking, so you're cold And you're probably a Trump supporter. You can keep your ass on that chair until I tell you to get off. But no, she stormed off the court with her opponent. It just 
reeks of privilege, Lightning, and I don't like it. Absolutely does, Cat. And that's well backed up by the answer to this question. Cat, as of time of recording, how many seeds in the women's side do you think are left in the tournament? So we had 32 to start with. I Mm -hmm. would hazard a guess... 20 left for week two. We're not even into the fourth round yet. So, yeah, 20 seeds left. Not even halfway. Kat, is there are four seeds left <laughs> in the women's game. <laughs> Simona Halep has packed her bag. She's gone home. Seeds three, four, seven, and 30 are the only seeds left in the tournament. So, Kat, is it just proves your point. They don't want to be here. They're not made of the right stuff. No. These guys, these girls. So, it's a perfect opportunity, isn't it, for those that have been used to playing in the Bush League around the world, used to fetching their own balls, used to taking their own pants off to <laughs> rise up. Put on that third puffer jacket and try and steal the trophy. Because if you're not seated, you're a nobody, in my opinion. You're an absolute nobody. (laughs) You've only started saying that since we've been seated in Mongolia, Cutters. I mean, let's be fair. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it might have something to do with our recent rankings hike. But I... You know, a lot of these players, Lightning, have never really been on my radar. And so, and who are they? Are they full-time doubles players? Are they family and friends of professionals? <laughs> I don't know who is winning all these matches. but Or, or is it the fact that some of these seeded players aren't even getting out of their hot tub in the morning? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, AI have made some extraordinary leaps in the last few years, and that's really coming to fruition in this, in this tournament. Is it Hawkeye's virtual set? children. <laughs> but we just got to work out who the hell these players are, Catters. I mean, there are people we've never heard of that are just grabbing a pair of skis and cross-country skiing their way into the next <laughs> round. And if the US Open was, as proclaimed here, the Open Open, well, 2020 French Open is the open can of worms. I mean, this is, this is <laughs> yes. bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. So... Catters, for the open can of worms, we would ordinarily move to our first segment here in which we come on, in which we look at that which has got us most excited about the tournament. Catters, let's be fair, let's be honest, there has been no tennis to talk about. There has been no good matches, nothing to write home about on the court, but there has been an enormous amount of things happening off the court, on side issues. So, in a segment we would usually touch on mixed troubles. That's where we'd visit it. So you know what, Catters? We're not going come on this week. We're not going into that segment. We are launching straight to the whack-a-mole mixed troubles segment. And let's hear about that which has been brewing off court. She go out of the court on a chair and, and now she's in the locker perfect in the restaurant. So I, I don't like these things. I'm sorry. I don't think she did a, a good attitude on court. I didn't like that. So a good job for her. If you want to do like that, it's a good job. But I, I'm bad because was hurting me and make me angry. So well done for her. Catter's Mixed Troubles, the segment where we look at these interesting stories cropping up and there is a minefield of them at this French Open. There are so many things to talk about that have nothing to do with actual tennis. I am going to name them to you. I'm going to put them on the tee. I'm going to hand you a bat and I just want you to just whack them out of the park in this Mixed Troubles Whack-A-Mall. Catter's Case Number 1, Verdasco versus the French Federation. This is a man who 
was withdrawn from the tournament due to a positive COVID-19 test, which he insists was not accurate. He now plans to sue the French Open. Catters, ball on the tee, bat is yours. What do you have to say? Uh, not much lightning, other than the fact that I genuinely thought Fernando Verdasco, first of all, was some sort of ABBA tribute band. But secondly... <laughs> I thought he genuinely retired 10 years ago, Lightning. And so I can only assume he rolled up to Roland Garros hoping for a free COVID test, only to be told that the Seniors French Open will take place in December, which will really play on the arthritis of that 75-year-old man's hips. And now he's challenging it. So, look, nothing would give me more joy than seeing you single-handedly putting this tournament out of business. Swing for the rafters, my friend. But if you think you're going to get 200 million euros or whatever you've put up for the fact that you had a false test, when you're lucky to get a wild card into the local Copenhagen Open, good luck, my friend. Well played, Catters. Case number two. Let me put before you the Catters jury. Djokovic versus the world. A man who has called for the introduction of technology to do away with linesmen, to have Hawkeye on all courts, to utilise technology wherever possible. And of course, in suggesting so, he has said today that if that was the case, and I quote, I would probably have less chances to do what I did in New York. Catters, <laughs> balls on the tee. Over to you, my friend. Well, Lightning, it's a well-known fact that men are never wrong. And I think Novak Djokovic is... <laughs> King alpha male. I mean, his balls are heavier than those we've seen flying around the outside courts of Roland Garros this week. And I love the fact that every rich person has their vice. You know, you can imagine Sasha Zverev spending his cash on fast women and fast cars. You can imagine Rafa Nadal buying beachside resorts on Mallorca. But Novak Djokovic is splashing his cash on a bunch of scientists to work out some sort of quantum physics to explain why it was not his fault to be defaulted in New York. So I love the idea of 20 guys in lab coats shipped in straight from the anti-vaxxing conference to Novak's house explaining some sort of parallel universe whereby Schrodinger's cats can reinforce the fact that it's actually the lineswoman's fault for being there. <laughs> Cutter's case number three. It is, of course, not one player, but Britain itself. The British players this tournament have all bombed out. Andy Murray, Conta, Cam Norrie, Dan Evans, Heather Watson. The British players versus success, Cutters. What do you have to say about that? Well, Lightning, all those names you just read out, Murray, Conta, Norrie, Evans, Watson... They sound like a solid group of underperforming door-to-door salespeople. And if I was them, I would consider a career change. The next case I put before you, Catters, is an interesting one. And I await your verdict. A fascinating match between Sara Arani, the fiery Italian, versus the clay specialist Kiki Burtons had a tantalizing matchup. Catters, what did you make of that match? Lightning, this was nothing short of bizarro. You had Sara Rani who completely forgot how to serve the ball. So she was aborting the ball toss two or three times per serve. She was slowing her serve down to ridiculously slow levels. And so she's down one end trying to relearn the sport of tennis. Down the other end, you had Kiki Burton's who honestly, I didn't know whether they needed to call a trainer or an exorcist. She was... (laughs) 
<laughs> Convorting around like Reagan from The Exorcist, walking backwards like a spider because somehow her spine had seized up and she was having full body cramp. So I had this on mute late one evening, Lightning. And so I'm seeing Sarah Rani literally just throwing balls up in the air as... <laughs> As if some sort of amateur clown learning to juggle. And on the other end, you had Kiki Burton's paralyzed rolling around in the clay. I honestly thought it was some sort of amateur local art house theater group that had descended upon Roland Garros. It was not pretty lightning. <laughs> and Cutters, to give it some context... At one point, she had seven consecutive ball tosses that she threw up, unable to hit it, including multiple time violations and had to just underarm serve it to not lose a point. Like, it was unbelievable. You know when you cringe at just seeing someone struggle that much? That's what happened to Kiki Burton's, and it went to the point where she became a quadriplegic, and I don't say that lightly. She, she went off in a wheelchair, and she was seriously spasming in the wheelchair as she was rolling off, and Sarah Rani has the good grace to call her out as an actress and to mimic her movements. Correct. It was just Correct. utterly bitter feud between the two of them. Totally. Katis, you're of course referring, when you talk about her mimicking, mid-match, as Burton's is turning paraplegic at one end, she was hitting winners and staging pain in mimic <sighs> of the pain Burton's was in, which was, for me, just this unbelievable distraction technique that ensured that rather than us talking about how bad her serving was, we'd instead talk about how bad a human she was. <laughs> <laughs> Next case, Cutters, is Medenovic. We saw one of the chokes of chokes at the US Open when she was halfway to the locker rooms only to blow a match. Cutters here, she was up 5-1 in the first set against Laura Zygmunt, only to have a, a non-call on a double bounce go against her for her to then implode and lose said set and later the match. Cutters, what did you make of that one? I mean, honesty is the best policy, but I'm sure winning feels a lot better. And Laura Sigmund had to make that clutch call. Do I cop to the fact that this has bounced twice or do I... <laughs> Try and get away with it, and as an experiment, see just how fragile Christy Medenovich's <laughs> mental state is. And surprise, surprise, she could not really wrap her mind around this lightning. And she went to the press room afterwards and said that she felt that this point didn't have an ultimate bearing on the match. And I'm telling you now, <laughs> at 5-1... I, I was left wondering, Cutters, as Zygmunt came running in to try and pick up that ball on the second bounce, I wonder whether she hadn't made a, a Freudian slip, had Zygmunt. Oh. <laughs> very good. Yeah, apparently too, she's got some very interesting theories as to why Medenovic keeps choking, so I can't wait to hear some of those. And trying to have sex with her own mom. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> There's some other fascinating things happening off the court. Andy Murray, who went out in the first round, got absolutely taken to the cleaners by an informed Stan Warinka, only to then hear in the papers the next day, Matt Swalander, former world number one and slam champion, questioning why he is even out there. Valander ended up saying he is giving us a false sense of hope that he is going to come back one day. 
Volander later said Andy Murray needs to stop thinking about himself and start thinking about who he was. Does he have the right to be out there taking wild cards from the young players? Cutters, I am keen to get your input into Murray v Volander. Well, Lightning, I think it's a classic example of wise words, but Volander's gone for the overreach. So Matt said that he wished he hadn't come out of retirement. And so it's that classic example of projecting. He needed to just stop there. But the way that he phrased it, maybe Andy Murray shouldn't have come out of retirement. Maybe he shouldn't have flown back to Stockholm only to find his wife in bed with the postman. Maybe he shouldn't have then slashed said postman's tires and gone on a stabbing spree. So it just, he revealed a lot about some trauma that I think Matt's needs to deal with. We can only hope that he would consider a mutual coaching relationship with Laura Sigmund. Exactly. I think they have an awful lot to offer each other. The fascinating thing with this story is it's spilled out towards other tennis players. The next case I put before you is the case of one Nick Kyrgios versus Hachinov, who, in hearing about this story, Kyrgios came to the defence of Murray and then said, just read what Volander said about Andy Murray. Shut up, Mats. No one cares. And then later said, Muzz, just know that however long you stay, we all appreciate and enjoy your tennis and your banter. Also, never watched a point of Mats Volander. Bang. And of course, then you'd be surprised, Cutters. This apparently happens today. They then had a war of words in the Twitter sphere. Oh. And I wasn't aware it was a thing. But the hatch then came back. Return serve with Nick. Come on, mate. It's too much. Show some respect. And the banter continues back and forward, back and forward before the hatch. Then said, next time before talking about my intellect, read at least a few books instead of, instead of playing video games whole day long. Curios never one to let anything slip, then said, picture books don't count, judging from how you constructed this sentence. Bang. Brilliant. So Cutters, an intriguing match taking place. Who is taking the points there? Well, there are no winners on a Twitter rumble, Lightning, and I think that's an important takeout (laughs) for all of our uh, global listeners and for those in Mongolia who are hoping to receive uh, internet in two to three years, just a sneak (laughs) peek of what you have to look forward to. And... Karen Hatchinov, look, it hasn't been a good year for Karens. So mm. <laughs> let's just <laughs> put it all in perspective. And I can understand him getting whipped into a frenzy. It hasn't affected his tenets. He's been playing great. But St. Nick, one doesn't duel with St. Nick without expecting a few hand grenades coming back at you. And just the fact that Kyrgios signed off by mm. saying you're an absolute pelican to me is <laughs> the creative wordplay that we've come to admire from that man and so (laughs) they're having an argument about whether or not they read picture books (laughs) and of all insults Curios has gone for the pelican, which I got to say, I have not come face to face with a pelican since reading a kid's picture book (laughs) at the age of five. Cat is another one of the colourful characters that we've come to love. The Shapov dog. Shapovalov not able to do the biz in the tournament after he was up 5-4 in the fifth set and serving for it. 30 all when a ball appeared out. Umpire jumps down from his chair, walks over to where the ball was, declares it in. Shapovalov does not get the resultant match point and goes on to lose the match. 
cutters this epic against the 101st ranked Roberto uh, Bayena. I think he's just referred to as Roberto by his friends. <laughs> well, cutters, what did you make of their exchange? Not a lot. I actually had forgotten that Dennis was a tennis player because I have just been mainly following his rap career. So I feel like the tennis is getting in the way of a flourishing EDM charge that this man's making. So I think Dennis, put the racket away and focus on what's important. And for the love of God, the fact that you have a rap career and you're yet to rhyme Dennis with tennis makes me (laughs) slightly concerned. (laughs) Yeah, so too the lack of creativity after he brought out his single, Where is the Shapovalov? Uh, I thought. <laughs> Cutters, Diego Schwartzman, favourite here on the Backhanders podcast. I believe one of the most epic battles he's been in is in a battle for a reputable sponsorship opportunity. And, Cutters, it has just been announced that Schwartzman has indeed been signed up by none other than Disney. Cutter's ball is on the tee. I'm quite keen to hear what you have to say about Diego Disney Man. I want to go on the record lightning for saying I'm a huge Diego Schwartzman fan. He's always been my favourite Pokemon. And (laughs) I can just imagine him walking into that negotiation meeting with Disney resting upon the shoulders of his manager whilst wearing one of those giant trench coats to to which Disney is saying, it's pretty warm in here. Can we take your jacket? No, that will not be necessary. In his best uh, Spanish accent. It also explains why he was standing in the back of those Barty press conferences when she was dropping all those Disney Easter eggs in. Uh, Now it all kind of fits together. I have often thought of him as a small figurine, so to now become a Disney action figure does kind of make sense. So the poor bloke, though, is going to have to be bloody careful when he walks through department stores that small children don't kind of just pick him up and take him home with them. (laughs) I got myself a Schwartz man! I can't wait till when he does break through to get his first ATP trophy and requires his manager to hold him up so he can reach it. Love it. I didn't understand a word you're saying, but it was, it's not important. Cutters, time to do something always a little bit scary at this point when midway through a slam, we check in on our predictions that we made pre-tournament. They're not great viewing. Uh, We'll get to that in just a sec. Some of the players that we expected to see more from throughout this tournament. Daniil Medvedev went out very early again. I want to just do a shout out to him. Fourth time. This guy is fifth ranked in the world, fourth seeded, has now not won a match at Roland Garros in four attempts. A man who came out and said pre-tournament that the controversial new Roland Garros ball would give him an advantage, to quote the man himself. Well, it's not appearing like that. Cutters, I stumbled over this incredible statistic, courtesy of the Tennis Podcast. Check this one out. I think he's had about 50 slam wins. Federer has had 362 wins at slams. If Medvedev was to try and catch up to Fed, 
if he won the next 45 slams in a row, he would still <laughs> not have as many wins as Roger Federer at slams. That is incredible for the fifth rank player in the world. So there you go. So Medvedev, but he didn't go home empty-handed. The man has not done well at tennis, but the uh, Medvedevil was one of 20 male players and seven female players to have been fined during the tournament after an epic racket smash. He went home with a $5,500 fine for racket abuse, and you'd be surprised to know cutters an audible obscenity. Oh. So who, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Cutters... I'm interested. Who did you tip pre-tournament, and how are they looking? Lightning. I thought I went very safe. I went for probably the two favourites, and that was Rafa Nadal, and he's easing into the second week pretty well. Mm. He looks comfortable, but Simona Halep has bombed out. Wow! Losing to Sviatek, who warmed up in her previous round by beating none other than Eugenie Bouchard. <laughs> so a nice warm up for anyone who wants to win a match but not be taken too seriously and that was uh, (laughs) followed up by an astounding victory over Simona Halep so I'm a little bit worried Uh, and I'm also well I'm a little bit worried because I don't have anyone left on the dark horse front because Dennis the tennis Shapovalov (laughs) conked out in dramatic circumstances and Von Druskova a big fan of Von Druskova. Yes. I actually didn't realize when I picked her as the dark horse that she was the finalist from last year. She conked <laughs> out in the first round. Uh, so I mean, she had all the weapons. She had all the the forehands, the backhands, the vowels, the consonants. They were all there for her, Cutters, <laughs> and she just couldn't string them together. And, I mean, I got told off for tipping someone in the last slam who happened to be third-ranked in the world. You tipped a previous former finalist as your... Uh, Dark horse catters. So uh I think I was vindicated by the fact that she got publicly <laughs> spanked in the first round. So I'll take that as a win for my morale lightning. How about you? <laughs> deflect, deflect, catters. I too have someone standing. I predicted team and Halop I, I just cannot believe we're talking about a Halopless French. Open, she looked impenetrable. Dominic team, Cutters, I went out on a limb and predicted him after he drew one of the toughest draws in my memory. And I have a memory like a fish, so there's probably lots of other harder ones. Yet he was supposed to meet Apelka in the second round and Monfis and Warinka, all of them went out before he even got to them. So he's had a free run. He still has to play both Nadal and Djokovic to take out the tournament. But he's still in it to win it, Cutters. So for me, the biggest win was Warinka. I mean, he was slated to play him in the fourth round, which would have been an epic battle. Warinka Cutters was taken out by Hugo Gaston, ranked 239 in the world. I mean, that is unbelievable. I mean, I knew Gaston was tough, but... The Beast seemed to make short work of him, and he certainly never scored with Bell. So I was amazed to see he was able to challenge Warinka so much. So I think, too, just quietly, he was a bit disappointed he missed out on the Disney sponsorship was Gaston. (laughs) I was going to say. He has enjoyed the hospitality in the bubble, though. Be our guest, be our guest. (laughs) 
Well, let's see who makes soup de jour of him in the next uh, round, Cutters. So we have, well, we have a little to play for in week two of the French Open, but not a whole lot to write home about. How are we looking, though, Cutters, with our all-important lame horse predictions? Not good, Lightning. Not good. Mm. I got to say, I'm the last person who would be barracking for infections with COVID. But in this case, French people... (laughs) You've let me down. I thought the tennis community was more promiscuous, and I've been disappointed by the vigilance of those players who were infected with COVID being so good at isolating. And so unfortunately, we only have three cases. Mm. So I have taken the liberty of signing up Benoit Paire as the official masseuse for the second week in the players' (laughs) locker room, just hoping to bolster those numbers lightning exactly and i predicted more than you cutters so i am similarly was banking on more french tennis players left in the draw to be able to you know sweatily hug and kiss and roll around on each other so for me i'm just hopeful that more french tennis players can get together and play some cards uh do some new (laughs) twister together and really get on it it's got to happen quickly cutters so let's just hope that COVID will spread more than the art of rapping through the tennis circuit in this second week but to be honest to this point it feels like there's more risk that there'll be an outbreak of COVID than quality tennis at this French Open. So we'll uh, have to see what the second week of this open can of worms offers us for 2020. Friends of the backhanders, we charge you, we urge you to review and share our podcast. And look, if you can offer a five-star review through iTunes, that would help us out tremendously by helping other people find us Catters, we have been rocketing up the charts in Australia and Canada particularly. I mean, you know, we've taken Mongolia. I don't know who you think's next. Who's in the gun? Who's in your sights, Catters? I think Britain at this stage would be a stretch given our recent episodes. But <laughs> aside from that, I, I have a really good feeling about the, about the stands. And I'm not referring to Varinka's Instagram account. <laughs> You want all 20 Warinkas lined up? (laughs) We're working our way down the Silk Road. I'm an old-fashioned man, Lightning. So we've taken Mongolia. I'm up for Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Turkmenistan next. We're on our way. (laughs) Well, friends, you'll hear from us at the end of the open can of worms when we look back on the French Open 2020. Until then, if you find yourself a privileged player amongst a popped bubble playing tennis under a pile of overcoats, just remember to be quiet, please. 